welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creep Pasta Podcast. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm the host. Um, I have two guests with me for this, our very first episode. I have Louisa Heron. Say hi. Hi. And Regina Barry. Say hi. Hello. Uh, on this podcast, we're going to talk about uh, internet folklore and spooky stories. Uh, commonly known as Creepypasta, which is a dumb name that makes no sense, but that's what it's called, so deal with it. Uh, what do we have on for this first episode? Gonna, oh, we're gonna do, Regina, you brought Candle Cove. Uh, yeah, Candle Cove. <clears throat> right. The first Creepypasta I ever was exposed to. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the common ones, and it's a really good starting point because it is... We know where it came from, and also it is, it's got like a f- internet format. It's internet-y, and that yeah. kind of feeds into it. It's like this and Slenderman are probably the ones that most people know. Uh, they're certainly the ones that Hollywood producers want. Uh, sorry, my browser is acting up. Uh, Regina, why don't you tell us about Candle Cove? Sure. Um, well, I didn't realize this until, um, we started, um, you, you know, talking about doing this podcast and looking into it. But uh, Candle Cove was written by Chris Straub, the webcomic who does Chainsaw Suit, which was a complete surprise to me. Um, oh wow, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's I mean, super into into horror. He's cool. very effective at it. Um, <laughs> which was it was kind of interesting because I mean, with this kind of stuff, it's very it really parallels like urban legend and urban legends and campfire stories and things like that so you don't really think of those kinds of things as having an author or even like a specifically identifiable source but this one does which honestly i was like a little disappointed when i found that out (laughs) (laughs) it kind of brought me out of it but um just to give a rundown um actually um, the first time I, like, like I said, I was exposed to Candle Cove because, um, I didn't read it. Like I didn't come across it on an, on a forum or something like that. Um, my, my best friend, uh, Jess basically told it to me Ooh. and even just like having that conversation and her like recounting the story, you know, um, orally was terrifying. Um, basically what it is, is, um, it's a the net nostalgia forums and it's a thread about this local access children's show from the 70s called Candle Cove and it's a bunch of different um, participants on the forum and they're all sort of do you remember Candle Cove oh yeah I remember Pirate Percy and I remember Janice and um, j- just sort of um, the, the way that we're really used to talking about um, uh, you know things from our childhood you know do you remember uh, this catchphrase do you remember this character and it just starts getting a little more sinister with each post. Um, like, uh, it, like, like one of the catchphrases is, you have to go inside, which is like, okay. And then they start talking about, y- y- you know, that, that sort of common, um, observation of like, I can't believe they let us watch this as kids. It was so traumatizing, but this is like actually traumatizing where it's like, yeah, the antagonist was the skin taker and he would skin children and wear them and like add the skins to his cape. Yeah. And, and he's, uh, he's just like a, a skeleton puppet that yeah. can't talk, but just make <laughs> clacking bone noises. Yeah. And I, I think, I think for me, like the first moment where it's like, Oh shit is, um, 
when when one of the posters is like, yeah, I remember this one episode where the little girl asks him why does his jaw move back and forth, and he turns to the camera and looks at, and like breaks the fourth wall and says to grind your skin. <laughs> it's just like oh my, like I just got a little chill just thinking of it right now. And then and then it just takes this like complete left turn and it's just like, do you remember the screaming episode where it's just all the characters screaming and. And so, so basically what it ends with is um, one of the posters says, look, I visited my mom in the nursing home and I asked her if she remembered the show. And she said that every day at four o'clock, I would just say, OK, I'm going to go watch Candle Cove now. And we'd sit in front of turn the TV to static and watch it for half an hour. So like, well, I just got chills remembering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't for some reason, I can't bring up the creepypasta wiki to uh, go over the story. But I have the Google page up and this story was so effective that two of the automatic uh, results are was Candle Cove a real show and Candle Cove screaming episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, one of them is Lidsville, <laughs> which is sort of. Uh, that's sort of like, uh, Croft, like, H.R. Puff and Stuff, Lidsville, creepy show is like, that's the source of this. Like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, it was an Onion article. Oh, was, what? Um, I, I think it was on, uh, Know Your Meme, where, um, where Straub said that his, um, his, like, source was an Onion article, mm. um, and the, the title was something like, 36 year old man still has nightmares about local access television <laughs> show. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting because there's, there's real life corollaries to this. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's people, we're all, uh, between the ages of 25 and 40, and <laughs> I will go no more specific than that. Yeah, uh, thank you. But we're all, we're all like, uh, old millennials or young Gen Xers, so it's, uh, like the generation above us, like if you grew up in the 70s, then you, there's a lot more of this, cause they kind of, yeah. they just taped mm-hmm. over shows like that, cause there was no home video market yet. And I feel like some of that magic's going away now. And Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I have not seen the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but I know a lot of people talk about there's the child catcher is the bad guy. Oh, my God. And how weird and inappropriate that was. Like, you would catch kids in a big net, apparently, and take them away. That's great. Yeah. So, things like that. It kind of reminds you of that. Well, it also seems like, um, I hope this isn't, like, you know, crotchety old person talk, but it seems like... Um, you know, today there it takes a lot more for something to get on television. Like local mm. access TV is not really a thing anymore, so it has to go through like you know so much more to get on. So there's not going to be these like weird, inappropriate kind of shows that the kids get exposed to. But like, but like even then, I feel like we probably all have something where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe that as a kid they let me watch this. Yes. Like I like I remember <laughs> for me it was um oh shit what is what is that movie um. Watership Down. I saw that when I was like six. That's just like, uh, that's, that's just hostile, but with rabbits, pretty much. It's just like rabbits <laughs> dying horribly, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I, I guess my mom, my mom, I guess wasn't familiar with the book and she was just like, you know, oh, you know, we're at, we're at the, the video store and it's like, you know, this like animated movie with bunny rabbits. We, you know, oh, it'll be so cute for us to watch. And it's like, well, there's this, this rabbit who has prophetic visions and he sees their, their Warren filling up with blood and then there's a scene where he dances with death and death is this like 
like shadowy rabbit. And it was just like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Like, oh God, it was so mm-hmm. creepy. Yep. There's actually um, an interesting corollary. Uh, and here's a fine example of the internet ruining a mystery. Uh, there was in 2000 the uh, a Halloween movie on Nickelodeon called Crybaby Lane. And it was uh, only aired once, and the premise is that there was this, like, surgeon in the 1800s, and him and his wife had this horrible, uh, like, deformed uh, child. Well, it was, like, conjoined twins, and then, like, one of them is evil and the other's good, and then they (laughs) die. So uh, the doctor, because one of them was evil... Uh, cut them in half after they died and buried the evil one just like in a in a ditch and put the good one in a nice grave and every uh every year uh or like if you go down crybaby lane you can hear the cries of the evil child it's like yeah, this was the, uh, because this premise is so dark and outlandish, it was, and because it was only aired once, it kind of became like a candle cove. Like, was that real? Did that ever really happen? Um, and it did. Like, we found, like, it got found in 2011, and then you can watch it on YouTube, and it's not that good. <laughs> It's like the opening narration by Frank Langella is pretty creepy, where he tells that story I just told you, but the rest of it is, like, Canadian teens running around in the woods, and it's bad. Oh, well. (laughs) It's like, no one will ever find Candle Cove. It's special, because it's not real. (laughs) Right. You know, actually, um, when I was was preparing for this podcast, um, I was just poking around, and there's, like... Candle Cove has its own wiki. Yeah, I saw that where it treats it like it's real. Yeah, and oh, wow. the more I read it, the more I read it, like the less scary it got. Mm. Like there, there's an article on the screaming episode where like they there's an explanation for it, and there's just like you know all these characters added in and stuff, and it's just like the more fleshed out it, it gets, the, the less the less scary it is. And I, I mean, I guess I guess you could argue that the tone of the wiki is trying to suggest that there's this big cover up, you know, because there like, like there's an explanation for the screaming episode, but like, it's pretty paper thin. It's like, Oh, this was just a screen test. And it was just, you know, someone <laughs> put the audio of screaming on later. And the actress who played Janice was shaking and crying because she was, you know, burnt out. And so I, I guess it's trying to seem like there's this like deeper conspiracy, but I don't know. It it really took me out of it. Like 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 this was something that when I heard it like terrified me. I didn't want to talk about this like the longest time after I heard it because it be out bad. And now I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It's got a wiki. It's manageable. <laughs> it's also being adapted into a mini series on Sci-Fi by Max Landis. Really? What? Yeah. Uh, well, there was like a Brazilian TV that was doing just like internet stories, and Chris Straub had to like send them a cease and desist because they were doing <laughs> Candle Cove, and there was like footage. And he's like, "No, I wrote this. It's like in a book that has an ISBN. It's like you can't just make a show out of it without asking me and giving me money." Um, but yeah, it's like it's we're at a real weird sort of. Uh, ultimate 
peak of creepypasta right now. We're actually getting uh, another TV show that's going to be like a, an American horror story type anthology called Clive Barker's Creepypasta. Which, um. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think Clive Barker knows what those words mean. <laughs> I feel like it's such an internet-specific phenomenon that it takes something away from it to try to adapt it into anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this, um, I finally found, I found actually on Chainsaw Suit the actual posting of Candle Cove. And it just, it looks like, like a, a BBS or, like, because it's just text from a message board. And that's something on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's another... I'll, I'm going to cover this on a later episode, but there's a... Ooh, uh, I just... Sorry, I'm going to interrupt myself. I just scrolled down to the bottom, and there's a GIF of just uh, TV static right under the story. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, actually, it's... There's also the copyright notice. Candle Cove is copyright 2009 to 2015. Chris Straub, all rights reserved. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a, there's another creepypasta I'm going to cover on a later episode that's, um, purporting to have, like, a, like, haunted, uh, Zelda Majora's Mask cartridge, and the story was all told on an actual, like, Zelda fan site message board, and this guy, like, doctored images and actually hacked the ROM to make it seem like the things he was saying were actually happening, Um, and, like, that's a really, it's, like, the Candle Cove is just text, but someone, like, people have actually presented in message board format similar kinds of stories, which I really like, because it's so specific, it's so internet specific. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that, um, Candle Cove is really well observed, just in terms of the kind of conversation it is, because it does rely so heavily on, like, the whole nostalgia factor, which I, I feel like that's a really big, like, um, but like, like th- that is frequent material for conversation online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just that sort of like, um, but like, like, like random people coming together and building on information, um, you know, through a shared memory, um, which yeah. is kind of how, how stuff gets pieced together, um, online frequently where, where, you know, everyone just kind of like adds in their own little detail and you get like a bigger picture and a bigger picture as the thread grows. Yeah. And because of the nature of it being, uh, some sort of supernatural non-existent show, it's like Mandela effect as horror, like that, uh, phenomenon, yeah. phenomenon <laughs> where people could have sworn Nelson Mandela had died in prison in the eighties, yeah. um, and could have sworn that it was spelled Berenstein bears, which it never was. It was Berenstein no, yeah. and Nelson Mandela didn't die until like what, five years ago or something. Um, but it's like, it's really, it's very effect. Memory is really a good place for horror. I like it. Mm -hmm. I really like specifically in Candle Cove where one of the posters says that, uh, oh, I had this crazy dream once about a screaming episode. Isn't that crazy? And then someone else says, no, I remember that too. And I like the, the, the fake comforting idea that this first person had that they must have just imagined it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you I see that. Right you see that they're like, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, this wasn't real, but then someone else, it was real, like, real, so. Yeah, it's... I like that. I like that level to it. And that's, mm. like, the the last uh, little twist before the big reveal, and um, Straub actually, he refers to Candle Cove 
as a twist delivery mechanism. Like, it's so <laughs> short because his main, the goal of the story was just to deliver you that little twist that everyone remembered this show that isn't real. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did like a five episode web series that was just him looking into the camera talking about creepypastas. Um, and <laughs> he, of course, covered Candle Cove, even though it's his own story. Um, <laughs> And I'm mad because he took the best intro. He would say, jump scare. Hi, I'm Chris Straub. He's like, that's the best. I, well, I have nothing. I have to just say hello. <laughs> so um, what do you guys find to be the spookiest aspect of this story, Louisa? If you have to pick like one line from the story that you find to be the spookiest. I think, for me, probably what I mentioned when the first person says that they they dreamt about a crazy episode of Screaming, and then the next person says, no, I remember that, too. Like, that's the scariest part for me. Yeah, that little exchange is really, because, yeah. like, at first, the, um, the person's, like, they respond, like, no, it was just Screaming. That can't have been a real episode. Yeah. And then someone else, the person comes back and is like no no i i remember it that definitely happened mm-hmm. ah it's really good what about you regina oh my gosh yeah i'm just uh i'm, I'm just looking it over um i i think it's got to be um i remember the little girl said why does your mouth move like that and the skin taker <laughs> didn't look at the girl but at the camera and said to grind your skin because like i can picture it you know yeah <laughs> there, there's some there's something about um the the, the buildup of this where you know it's it's not like a florid description like this is not hp lovecraft but there's just something about it because like i mean we all grew up you know watching sesame street and watching lamb chop and stuff like that where you you can picture it so easily and so vividly and and, and you, you, so, so, like, like the idea of like a a puppet skeleton doing that is like it's it's so vivid to me more than like any any kind of you know you know any other monster that might be described in, in speculative fiction. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it mm-hmm. just feels super personal, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we're we we haven't like marionettes haven't gone the way of like uh, dial phones. Like, we still know what marionettes are, and that's, like, 500-year-old technology, (laughs) entertainment technology. It's, like, that's, so those, that's there, that image strikes Mm -hmm. everyone. And everyone knows what skeletons look like, which is another kind Mm -hmm. of upsetting thing if you think about it for too long, Mm because ideally you would never see your skeleton or anyone else's. Right. (laughs) So, like... And and also... Oh, no, that co- it's just that combination of extremely familiar things. Uh, even if you've never seen anything like it, it's just a brief description puts it in your head immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also just because, like, you know, with, with children's shows, like, they're always breaking the fourth wall, but it's always in, like, you know, a friendly educational way and, and just sort of, like, subverting that. And it's just like, yeah, they break the fourth wall to threaten you, you know? <laughs> I really like that it, you, it taps into something I think everyone has, which is you saw something as a child that was meant for children, that was okay for most children, but for some reason for you, it was way too scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, so, I can't think if I had anything. I feel like there was definitely something that, oh, you know, Pirates of Dark Water was probably something I shouldn't have been watching as a kid. 
It was like I don't know that one. It was like yeah, a vaguely anime, serious action cartoon. Um, but it was just like I don't know. It was just like really creepy and dark. Uh, and I probably I probably shouldn't have been watching it as as like a five year old <laughs> on Cartoon Network. But yeah, obviously mm-hmm. nothing like Candle Cove for me. Probably um, you have to go inside is really the. Because uh, it's yeah. laughing stock oh, yeah. is the name of that character, and <laughs> uh, just the this line here with his two eyes askew and that flopping foam jaw and the fishing line that opened and closed it—it it just looked so cheap and <laughs> awful. There's something like spookier about a cheap special effect, mm-hmm. yeah. like like uh, the Adventures of uh, Baron Munchausen. That oh, that yeah. movie's real creepy because the special it effects is. are terrible. Or like uh, Return well, Return to Oz <laughs> is another one. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's that the effects are terrible. I mean, they're like you could tell they're fake, which I know is an aesthetic choice. Well, that uh, Angel of Death in Adventures of Baron Munchausen that's super scary, and I never felt like that was fake. That felt way too real. Mm. Anyway, I think that's all we have to say about Candle Cove, so uh, we'll do some outros, and then... Okay, so uh, do you guys want to plug anything? Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> tell the pe- oh. tell the people what you want to plug, or where they can find you. <laughs> Sorry, people, it was confusing on a meta level. Um, so, um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Tesseract, T-E-S-S-A underscore R-A-C-K-E-D. Um, I also write a blog called Consistent Panda Bear Shape, where I talk about fat characters in cinema. You can find that at pandabearshape.com or on Twitter at pandabearshape. And Louisa, do you want to plug anything? Well, I'll only plug my Twitter feed. Uh, it's Heronbird, H-E-R-R-O-N-B-I-R-D. And you can follow me there. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> Jeff, and you can follow me at J3FK, or find me at weaponizedlanguage.com, where you can read stories I made. Some of them are about ghosts and aren't spooky. I don't think I have any spooky <laughs> stories up there at all, but you can buy a collection of horror shorts that I edited on Amazon called Unknowing, an anthology from Beyond the Veil. And remember, kids, you have to go inside. Thank you.